Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Mark Lieberman. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis and Mark Lieberman wearing a scarf. Yeah. You are. You look like fifteen percent more cultured just Thank having you. it on. And it was great to hear my name. It's been a while, so yeah, it's been a minute. So it's great to be back with you. All right, before we get to the phone, Steve, hang in there, buddy. We'll get that to you. And if you want to follow Steve, you can. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine is the number. Thirty-eight thirty-one ninety-three nine for the UPS jobs text line. Did want to quickly mention there is a lawsuit out there uh, against the NCAA challenging, oh, uh, <laughs> challenging. <laughs> Uh, transfer restrictions, in particular the number of times that anyone can transfer uh, and be eligible to play. I think 11 states overall have been a part of this and their relative attorneys general uh, jumping in. And and the United States Department of Justice now has joined that lawsuit. So they've taken a side against these transfer restrictions. And we're getting this much closer to Mm -hmm. either another lawsuit that ju- that creates a brand new way of doing things for the NCAA or negotiated collective bargaining with people that we pay like regular people. Well, I mean, it's a toothless entity, the NCAA to begin with. So all this, I think, is going to be moot in a few years anyway because I don't see how they're sustainable and being able to regulate or being able to hand out consequences or discipline as far as this is concerned. I really don't. They're not go- the, the days of them being able to dictate anything sure. are definitely over. Uh, and now it is going to be about what can you either get out ahead of or will you just quit trying to, to save a model that you don't really believe in? It's not amateur sports. Mm-hmm. It's professional sports. Mm-hmm. It's very, very profit-seeking professional sports. Uh, and just own it and handle it appropriately. Look how it's just with NIL. With the, it's all changing. Adapt. Adapt to what's happening. If you're the NCAA and you want to still be relevant, how are they not doing that, right? Like adapting to what's happening systematically throughout college athletics and they're kind of keeping their stance of or amateurism, just like you just said, Mark. It's, it's ridiculous. It's over. Mm-hmm. It's not coming back. We aren't like one step removed from putting that, the, the lid back on this jar here, man. Mm-hmm. It's over. And, and this is, look, with the conversations I have with friends of mine in the college basketball world, they understand that. They understand. Look, this is how we have to adapt to this. Uh, uh, McNeese, Will Wade had one of their best players sitting out, and they they're like, "Well, we're going to play him now. Why? Why have a BMW?" His quote was, "Why have a BMW sitting in the in the garage? We're going to play him." So, you know, he, and he's going to like, you know, thumb his you know uh, everything at the NCA. So, regardless, but yeah, I I don't see how this can be something that the NCA is going to stand on. You know, die on that hill, Mark. I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Hopefully, they'll just avoid getting somehow getting all. Like, imagine, imagine how the wrongness of your cause mm-hmm. that you got all nine of those Supreme Court justices to agree on anything. Right. Like you got blown out. Yeah. You scored in no quarters. Right. Uh, in that lawsuit, and it'll happen again. Yeah, they they need somebody. Um, just like Eric Crawford talked about. The NCA needs uh, somebody sitting counsel. by them. Yes, counsel for, for everything. Yeah, yes. don't do that. Yeah, like Michael Corleone did yes. in the in turning to instead to, of uh, getting a Greg Tom Hagen, and he moment. just covers the mic and he's like, "Yeah, I own stock in AT and T and IBM and stuff like that to say the right thing." So, yeah. 
All right, eighty-one fifty ninety three nine. That's uh, the number if you want to jump in here. Obviously, today uh, mostly devoted to our discussion of Louisville and North Carolina. Uh, a game Louisville lost by sixteen was as close as what five in the second half, uh, but I, I think not really ever in danger. So we'll kick things off here with Steve. Steve, welcome into the drive, bud. What's up? Hey, appreciate the the line as always. Uh, I mean, it's just this is just Groundhog Day. It's it's the same thing. I, I call you know just as therapy and, and just to burn some time here at the end of the work day. But <laughs> uh, I mean, what are we doing here? It's the same, and I'm not mad about Carolina, just like I wouldn't have been mad about Kentucky. I'm not mad about Virginia. Mad about the three gimme games. Mad about NC State. I'm mad, and this is, I don't want to insult NC State, and I don't want to insult their fans. I know they got I think it's okay if you do, really, though. It's fine. But I don't, I don't want to be them. Yeah. I, I don't want to be them. I don't want to wander in the wilderness hey, for four Steve, years. Steve, I'm going to let you finish. Hold on, Steve. I'm going to let you finish. But I just want you to be careful here because I said I didn't want Louisville to become Purdue. And now Purdue is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I do actually remember that. But it, it, when I say that, and it's all respect to Coach Keats, all respect to their players, everything. It's just I don't want to wander in the wilderness for forty years. I don't want to have twelve coaches. You know, and and it's like as great as, as Kevin Keats is, and what a what a good dude he served here with. The, do we, I want him. I want him as our coach. The three hundred coaches better than what we have right now. But get what I'm saying. I just yeah. I don't. I, and there's no sure things. There's no, you know, 20 names out there, and any of them could do a job here. But what's a job? That's the thing is, what are we letting slide by? You know, and I'm not mad at a 16-point loss at North Carolina, but I'm mad at what North Carolina State did here. I'm mad that, you know, an average Virginia team did to us. I'm mad at yeah. Chattanooga and all that. But, and, and it's... Kenny's attitude, it, it last night was enlightening from the standpoint I've always felt like, who told him that he had 10 years? Like, did somebody mislead him at the beginning of this process? And the answer is he's misled himself. Uh, I, I feel like people have given him resources. I feel like he's been given a fair shake as far as what the job is. And he just, there's like this self-loathing Louisville alum thing that these guys in the 80s had. Scooter McRae had it when he was an assistant here. You can go back and research an article where he said, well, what are we supposed to do, recruit with the Dukes of the world? And it's it's just so frustrating that those guys supplied such great and awesome memories, but then when it comes time to, to pony up, like they don't believe in this place, and I just don't understand that. It's It's puzzling as a fan. And, you know, if if last year didn't count, you know, does, does, do we get rebates? I mean, I got – I'm owed like seven grand probably. And that's not even counting, you know, beer and food. I mean, <laughs> I mean, where do we sign up to, to get the rebate check? You know, and that's I, – I don't understand why we're still doing this. It's frustrating as a fan, but what little – it's two steps forward and 27 steps back. And it's just miserable. And we'll continue the misery until it gets better. So appreciate it, man. Thanks for Thank the therapy session. Appreciate it, uh, Steve. Thank you. That opens up a uh, a line. By the way, my heart just sings like I'm just trying to kill a couple minutes at the end of my shift here. I'm like, <laughs> I feel you on that, man. Call we, Dr. We've Mark. all been there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to help you uh, with that. Uh, obviously, all the reaction, Coach, to the comments after the game, in my mind, this is year one. And you, Steve makes the joke. I mean, like people paid full price. Sure, it wasn't. This is year zero prices. Imagine if they had done that. Like for just a second, go there with your mind. This is year zero, guys. None of this matters. It's, you know, my first year on staff here. Coach Patino called it the bridge year, and the flack he got for that because we just weren't sure. You know. Roles were going to be defined and whatnot, and didn't have any of those tools for uh, roster right. management like you got now, right? Exactly. So you know we're counting on some guys, and it turned out to be an amazing year. But you know that caused such a controversy in town to come out and say that last year just like poof, it it was you know it disappeared. I mean that 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 to me accountability as far as coaching. I mean that that's the biggest thing. Um, you, you've got to be. No matter what goes on behind with your team in the locker room, in the film room, in the practice floor, that's different. But when you're on when you're on that stage and you're you're in the press conference or whatnot, you know you've got to deliver that message that is it's about look, hey, 
whatever I can do, I'm taking all accountability on this one. We talked about, you know, Micah Shrewsbury's um, press conference and, and yeah. look at that turnaround. And it gets back to the players. But to do that is, is really, for this fan base, it really was, you know, uh, it, 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 you know, a slap in the face to the, to the fan base as far as that's concerned. Yeah. We had believed that he was proceeding like last year didn't count. But he said the quiet part out loud last night. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's just like maybe he thinks that, but he definitely shouldn't say it, right? Like We all it, think things that – right, right, exactly. Right. Now but we also, know how he felt. Right, but also – not only is he not allowed to say that, he's not allowed to believe that. He is not allowed to believe that last year doesn't matter and that it's not a reflection on him as a coach or that he didn't have to try yeah. and accomplish anything. But, you know, we have all tried very hard to make sense of what happened last year and, in particular, the lack of just kind of overall urgency on his part. And now, it, if he thinks none of this really matters, what happened last year, it at least makes sense of just how hard it looked like anybody tried. They were all just getting through last year, but it doesn't explain this year. No, but even to last year, he, he gets the job in April. You can start attacking the portal. You can start building your, you know, the first 30 days are, are, are paramount to what you want to establish. And then Getting your, your team, you have that time, you have that vision, you put your staff in place, you try and get they them on. They give you some extra time with a new team, uh -huh, too, don't they? Individual absolutely. Time. So you, you have that, you have all your summer workouts, your spring workouts, whatever happened with the guys that are leaving, the guys you bring in, so be it. But that's that's the job. And then, you know, you look at this year's team, and they can score. And they have some guys that are young and talented offensively. I, I really believe... It's the hardest thing, and, and I learned this a long time ago. You know, you have to do the things that your team wouldn't do if they're just playing the pickup game, getting on the floor, you know, boxing out. You know, I like to call the car crash and whatnot, and defending and loose balls and rebounding. Those are the things you have to push and you have to get your team to do. And they didn't do it last year, and they're certainly not doing it this year because offensively, uh, I like some of the development, even with the some of the actions that they're running. They're running a lot of baseline runners. Um, some exit screens, all right? They're doing some some really good stuff. Um, some ball, They can score, but it's almost like they're allergic to the other end of the floor. And It's just me, a nuisance to get back on offense. Yeah, like, like you know, and I'm, I'm watching these games, and it's like there's just no consistency, and that's the job of, of a staff. Like, on pin downs, are you switching? Are you staying and playing on the high side? Um, are you coming off the corners, or are you staying home? Are you it's almost front? like every time it's like, we'll find out. Right. Are you fronting the post <laughs> or are you playing behind? Right. And, you know, are you trapping? Are you switching? Are you drop coverage? Are you downing ball screens? Each time it's a, it's like scout. is uh, it, It's hard for me to d decide what they're trying to dictate on the defensive end, too. So, for me, that's pretty frustrating. So, what you're talking about here, I watch, uh, I love to watch because I'm, just aggressively not cool. I love to watch those QB school videos, the JT mm -hmm. O'Sullivan. And so often he talks about not knowing what their a team's rules are. Mm -hmm. But in watching this play, it looks like he does this, this. So they probably are saying, look at this. If it's this, then do this. Mm -hmm. And he can work back from what they do to what they're being told to do. That's why they do these things. Every time I've talked to you, you've said basically, I don't, I can't do that. I can't work backwards from how they play to what they're aiming at. Yeah, so, look, Carolina is not a, a heavy ball screen team. I mean, 72% of teams in college basketball are, are going to run ball screen in some sort of continuity or late actions and whatnot. But, like, Carolina is pinning down, meaning just screening down and trying to get guys open. I'm trying not to talk down. I don't want you to be Ian Eagle and, and get on me here. Um, but um, they're trying to get the ball inside. And NC State was doing the same thing. And so when you're doubling, how's your scramble? Are you taking away, you know, is it always going to be the four-man attacking the top foot and trapping that way? Or is it, and the guard's going to drop and take away cut? There was just nothing against NC State. So last night, they're not doubling, and guys were kind of caught in between. And so it's a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. The perimeter ball pressure, because Caleb Glenn was battling, like defensively, yeah. but... He wasn't sure, should I front, should I play behind? And when there's no ball pressure, I mean, there's a couple instances like Sky Clark's hands are dead. Drive. And so, like, it's an easy entry pass. And so it make, it, it kind of makes Caleb Glenn look bad and gets him in foul trouble. 
and the best post defender is ball pressure. So that's where it has to start, especially when you want to keep Huntley Hatfield out of, out of foul trouble. But there's so many inconsistencies with how they're guarding it. Are they the one time like Trey White just turned his back um, to to uh, the shooter and I forgot his name. Um, uh, number four, but regardless, Trey White was on them, and they were running some split action and just completely lost this guy open three. Like, stuff like that, like, you have to be engaged and dig and so on. So, like, that's the part that's, like, I just, you know, for fans, you know, people are saying they're playing hard and, and whatnot. To me, that that that's a huge talent on the defensive end, and you have to be able to get stops. And this team just, you know, they cut, the, they cut it down, and all of a sudden they give up second shots, which is part of finishing the job, and so on. So, you know, it it, it, it doesn't I, – I couldn't sit here and tell you, okay, this is what schematically they're trying to do. 81-50-93-9, that's uh, the number. Whatever they were trying to do, it didn't work. Tim, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? What's going on, boys? Hey, so buddy. a couple a couple things. First, did we get blown out last night or not? Lost by 16, buddy. Yes, that's a blowout. I'm just trying to figure out what success, if we were successful or not last night, based on some of the local media the last few days. So I guess last night was not a success because we did get blown out, which was, uh, I guess, the new standard of U of O basketball. My favorite tweet of the night last night was the, uh, somebody tweeted out that Brady Brom was more emotional behind the bench than any of our assistant coaches during the game, which was totally true. He was standing up giving it to the refs the whole game. And kudos to Brady Brom and Jeff Brom for being there last night. I haven't seen Kenny Payne at a football game this year. But kudos to them for going on a road game in the middle of the week uh, into a school where we just took a couple football players from them last year. So it was great. It was great to see that. But I just don't understand, fellas. I, I know that you can't just pile on in a press conference and all that kind of jazz. But when he says something like he said last night, how come nobody follows up with, well, Kenny, what would, last, what would you consider last year? And then just be quiet and see what he says. I mean, people let him just – I feel like sometimes he just says this stuff and nobody follows up with it. And you would think somebody would, would ask the question. But it, it's just frustrating because all last year he talked about how much he loved these guys and all of a sudden – I didn't all of a sudden he's kids. like, yep. Yeah, and now all of a sudden he's like, well, last year didn't matter. Last year – well, Mark, you just said a few minutes ago he can't say it. He shouldn't say it. It's factually wrong. It's factually wrong. Last year was his first year. And so, you know, we ran off Denny Crum for going 500 yeah. over a four-year period, and he won two national titles. We ran, Well, we didn't run off Chris Mack, well, kind of, but we, we were on the verge yeah, of it. We, we helped he him have a breakdown, 30, for sure. <laughs> he was like 60 and 30, and then his last season, before he quit, we started 4-0 in the ACC. Yeah. And if a coach quits, players are always going to quit. And so... Anybody that's still defending Kenny, anybody that says this is year one and all this jazz, we've run off some better coaches with much better records. And I know it's easy for me and other people to say, I just don't care anymore. Because apparently I care because I'm talking to you guys right now, but I don't care anymore. I mean, you, I think you can care, but not care what happens. And it's just, it's just frustrating. And if this continues to go on, I'm just worried. I mean, it's going to be hard to get this program back, and we got four tough games coming up. So I think it's going to end. I think it's going to end pretty pretty quickly. Um, but I guess we'll see. So I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just trying to to not get blown out, you know, guys, because that's a success nowadays. You're Take feisty. Care, You're feisty. <laughs> Appreciate it, there, Tim. Yeah. Look, uh, you don't. I speak for me. I don't mm-hmm. speak for you. I don't speak for the station. I don't speak for any anything. I think they should fire him today. I don't think. Any head coach gets to either uh, wrongly or rightly sit in a press conference after a 16-point loss and tell people that whole horrible season that you paid full price for and that I was paid full price for, I didn't try because it didn't matter. I would fire him for that. I would fire him for not having the wherewithal to not say it, Mm -hmm. and I would fire him for thinking it, and I would fire him for playing out a whole season where you stole from everybody. No, I didn't cheat these kids. You sure as hell did, and everybody else too. If your attitude was, this doesn't matter, it's too broken for it to count, the hell out of here. You're not even talking about the product. You're not even talking about like how they're playing. You're just talking about what 
you know, what he's saying right. and, and what his beliefs are. So, I mean, that's a totally different argument there about what we're seeing on the floor as well. And, and I mentioned this to you because, look, it, it's, it's human nature. It's hard for these teams, Mark, to get up and excited to play Louisville. It's just, you know, they're expecting to win. They're expecting them just, it's not like, you know, you're just, wow, this is on the calendar. You have it circled. That's a part of it too. Like these, these teams are like, like North Carolina has that lead at the half and they're just going to go through the motions in, in the second half. That happens a lot. You have slippage because of that. So that's another thing that, you know, you have to look at when people are talking about some of the, the improvements, which I think are on the offensive end. But again, there, there's just too many things that are just are still, um, you know, uh, below par and, and just not where it needs to be. I mean, Flasher was year zero for like Jerome Tang. That was a hell of a year zero for him. <laughs> Doesn't that just feel like though that's one of those or like this is year uh, that was year zero. This is year one. He would not be saying that if it had gone better. Yeah, it's just hard for me to relate to that as as being around this for as long as I have. I just it's just I've never heard a coach say that. I. I when you come off that kind of season, if you're 500 or, you know, the expectations are, are playoffs or, you know, obviously NCAA tournament or bust or whatnot, yeah, to come out and you're you just have a four win season and then to dismiss and just, yeah, it's, it, I haven't either. Obviously, we know what like a rebuilding year is like in the pros or like retooling as some coach like, it's like, yeah, we're not rebuilding, we're retooling. We know what that looks like. Does not look what last year happened. Yeah, here. but there, there's got to be like a play. You go in, and like I said, the first start, you, you're just consumed. You're just absolutely obsessed with how we can make this team competitive. You're not trying to, to you know, uh, have therapy sessions and, and a bunch of like generational right, you, curses. You're trying to win basketball right. games and have good players. And that's and, the and therapy, good, Mark. That is exactly right. That's the, that's the therapy. Yes. I'm going to teach you how to play basketball yes. better. Exactly. And part of that's going to be you're going to probably going to have to do things in your whole life better. But like my job is to make you a better basketball player, and that's going to make your whole life better. It's not binary. Like when you're doing that, and and kids have BS antennas, they know that you care about them, and then that the life lessons can be in, impactful, and you can start dealing with all that kind of stuff. But you got to put your team together, and you have to understand. Okay, are we hitting the portal? Are we hitting transfers? Are we are, are we recruiting freshmen? Are going to get really good players? Like like we've talked about incessantly and Luke has just play the younger guys like last year, whatever, just to find out. And this just happened organically. It didn't happen just because of the injuries and so on. Now they're playing the young guys and they realize, okay, these guys offensively can get it. Defensively, they are clueless. And it, I've said this, you, I would love to, for you to correct me or, or, mm-hmm. or uh, ratify this if I'm right. If, seems to me having never coached basketball and only played a little bit of of organized like actual basketball that there's there's really no better place to measure like if a coach's message is getting through and if he has buy-in from everybody than on defense because there's it's not exciting it's not sexy it is there aren't stats for great positioning or where your feet are or having your arms up or whatever like that like none of that but it's where you can really tell if a team believes mm-hmm. anything you're telling them. This is not an absolute, but I've found that the guys who defend the hardest and rebound are the ones who care about winning the most. Mm. And that over my, like, doesn't mean that you're not a good offensive player, but the guys who buy in and give multiple effort and can defend and understand that. But that's also part of the coaching. You have to, like I mentioned, you can get anybody who's really skilled and talented and put them in a ball screen or put them off a, any type of action and and they can play like Trey White can score yeah but the the part that you have the hardest part the game. is to get these guys to buy in yeah. to what you want and I still don't know what that is and what they're trying to do when they go zone it's like here here's a basket for you like I I don't know why <laughs> I guess it's you know foul trouble but yeah. you know it, it just there's no method are we are we directing and funneling to the corner are we taking away the middle there's just I don't see that. Let's get back uh, to the phones here. Marcus has been waiting. Marcus, thanks for waiting as long as you did, buddy. Welcome into the drive. And I the what's up? Hey, fellas, how y'all doing? I, I got three points I wanted to make. So I look at Penny Payne like that beautiful girl that you liked in middle school or high school that had a million red flags. But because you were so infatuated with her, you just kind of let things slide and you let your standards kind of slide. That's the way I look at Louisville. And I was thinking about it last night, man. Like, 
we we can do better. It's okay to like Kenny as a person, or to you know what I'm saying to like what he somewhat brought in, like as you know, player wise. But I was thinking about it last night. Do you all remember the days where you turn on a Louisville game against a Duke or a Carolina, and you just thought that you know Louisville, you know, you're looking at it as like, all right, I got we got a big chance to win this game. You know, this is a good opportunity. I looked at last night's game as like, you know, man, I just hope we don't get blown out. And I just like, we don't, we just, you know, we deserve better than this. We yeah. don't have to put up with this. And in the, the comment about it being year one this year, let's just say hypothetically this was year one, right? It's still not acceptable. It's still not acceptable for the fact that you lost to Arkansas State, you lost to Kentucky Wesleyan. DePaul. Chattanooga. DePaul, you, dude, do you, did you see how bad DePaul lost last night? The Providence by? They lost by 38 points without Bryce Hopkins at home. It's their DePaul's fifth 25-point loss this year. Yeah, the DePaul is 3-14. and 14. I don't think they're going to win another game this year. We're, we're going to lose to a team that's, that's probably going to go 3-29 and 29 with their only like power six win being against us. Here's my thing. I, I just – we don't have to accept this. I'm at the point now where I'm watching the games and I'm just like – I'm just imagining, you know, what – you know, with the pieces that, that we have, you know, maybe coming back, you know, I could just imagine, you know, Tyler or, you know, Skyfire with this team with Jerome Tang or anybody else. I'm at that point now. These guys just – they deserve better. You know, and if I'm if I'm Jalen Withers or L. Ellis or any of those guys, and I heard that comment, I'm immediately going to the NCAA next year and asking for another year of eligibility since last year apparently didn't count. That's what I do. It just is ridiculous. I, the, the man, any ounce of goodwill that he gets, he just finds a way to just throw it away. And I just, I just don't understand, man. It's it's, it's sad. And I agree with you, Mark. Uh, I'd fire the day off of that because that's that's just a slap in the face, man. But that's that's all I want to say. I just want to get straight to the point. Yep. I'll take it easy. Man. Thank you, Marcus. I appreciate it. Good call. Uh, good points uh, all. Mm-hmm. Look, when it comes to like the idea that last year just it doesn't count, uh, either Josh thinks that too, or he doesn't, and that's the sort of thing that if I'm Josh, I would want to let everybody know whether I agree with that or not. Well. We've certainly seen that Coach Payne has spoken for himself uh, quite a bit for the last few weeks yeah. as far as his comments. So, yeah, um, dating back to from Tyler with his um, the tights tights to to the whole Quran stuff, and then yeah, um, it really is. It, it it's there's an art to it, but like if nothing else, just be complimentary of the other team and, and complimentary of your own team, and take the blame. And put the onus on you, if nothing else. I, I yeah, it, it's. You know, you were talking about players having BS detectors, mm-hmm. and I, I totally, totally believe that. Mm-hmm. It does make you wonder how much of last year was those guys picking up. This dude doesn't care about this team or this year. Like, I'm sure he never said, "Hey guys, none of this matters. Just chill." Like, I'm sure he didn't ever say that. Mm-hmm. But that's how he approached the whole year, just sort of casually. I'll you know get there when I get there. We'll hire strength coach eventually, uh, and I, the same guys will start whether they try or not. He admitted that last year, basically, like I played guys who didn't buy in. Well, man, that's that's, that's a you problem. Uh, but like, that's what bothers me so much about the whole like I just care about these kids so much and all that. Uh, uh-uh. uh, that's not true. That's the year of their life. They're not getting back. You think you were too good to have to coach a team like that last year? That's what's actually happening. You're too good of a coach to have to get your hands dirty with a bunch of misfits like that last year, and you just washed your hands of the whole thing, and now you want us with the group that you picked. Well, every coach would love to just coach the guys they like and want. We all love that. That's how you got the job, because somebody had this team together, and they stunk, and he got fired, and now you're here. I'm sorry. It just pisses me off. I'm just uh, – listen, keep going. Uh, I Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, welcome to the drive, buddy. What's up? Oh, it's cold. My fingers hurt. My face hurts. I'm laying on a tarp because there's snow on the ground. 
and working on a BMW. And I know I say I hate big trucks, but I hate, hate BMWs. And I think this is indicative of just all the, like, coaches and all this now. And I'm not saying this as a bad thing or a good thing. But, you know, I, I mean, people are rebelling today. And they're like, it is expensive to go to these things. Yeah. I wake up, I go out, and it's, I woke up this morning and went outside, and the, the wind chill was 10. Hmm. 10. And I'm out in this. I have got like five layers on. I have to wake up every day and come do this because I have to. And I'm starting to wonder if these coaches just don't get it. Like, I get the Brahms. I mean, I'm sure Jeff Brahms still has his accord somewhere. But it's just like to sit there and act like you're, you're on year one. There's no urgency in anything he does. And you've got people like me. Like, I grew my, – my parents were poor when they got divorced, and I was three. I grew up over off Esplanade, which is right across from Iroquois Park, and my mom lived in an apartment over on Papa Level. I'm poor. I've been poor. I work hard for what I have. And I'll be damned – I'm sorry, I'll be damned if I'm going to spend my hard-earned money where I'm laying on a tarp when it's 20-something degrees outside under a BMW and pay and you know, for someone who's making $3 million a year and thinks last year didn't matter. If I was to go and work somewhere and say, oh, hey, yeah, I messed up your car, but yesterday didn't matter. Pay me for yesterday and pay me for today and pay me for the mess up. That's ridiculous. And to treat, I mean, and these kids, I say it over and over. They're, you know, these young men. They they came to this. They came here because they wanted to play for Louisville. Or they last stayed year, here for him. Yeah, and last year's team, they fought. They did. They just weren't well coached. And you saw they had better better outcomes the year before he came in when you knew Chris Mack was was out. And they they, they were better coached then. Pagese was a better coach, and. This man comes in here and acts like he should get all this time and that people like me, who I work from sun up to sundown, I, it's 100 degrees in the summer and it's 10 degrees in the winter, that I should spend my hard-earned money. For, and I, I'm not saying this as to Kenny, but I'm saying he has – I don't know if he realizes what it's like to not be a millionaire anymore because he's been paid so much for so long. But to make those comments, I'm with you all. He should be fired right now. For one, for making it that comment, and for two, believing it. Believing it. It's yep. ridiculous and it's garbage. I know I, I'm. I know I'm long-winded, guys. You know I appreciate y'all. I love calling in. I love all these fans that are calling in because I've said it time and time again. We are an amazing city. We're an amazing fan base. We will love you to death if you come here and you show that you want to be here, look at Jeff Brom, first year, amazing. And what has he gotten in the portal? My God, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's the exact opposite of that. And you do not see him like, oh, the guys didn't play well. Well, I told them to do this, and they didn't do it. Well, you know, <laughs> last year didn't matter. It's garbage, all garbage, and I'm sorry to rant. I appreciate you all. And to all my other blue-collar worker fans out there, staying tough. You know, this will be over eventually. I wish it was today, but Louisville basketball will be back because you can look at football, you can look at women's basketball, you can look at volleyball, baseball, lacrosse, uh, field hockey, soccer, and every other sport. We're phenomenal here. You gentlemen have a good day, and I appreciate y'all. Appreciate uh, the call there, Kevin. Thank you so much. It is saying that saying what he said and having that uh, that mindset it is a a slap in the face to people who supported it like we thought this was a sincere effort a year ago and kenny did not like take like half pay for last year mm -hmm. like hey we're just tom tolling we'll just uh you know this isn't serious now we'll get serious it's just hard for me overall you ever it, heard a coach it, say that no yeah. And for me, just to relate, like, I obsess over every detail. You know, you're doing, when I worked here 
uh, under Patino. I'm just obsessed with every detail. I want to make sure everything's like. Can you do, can you remember? To, can you remember like the most absurd thing that you guys were all like hyper focused on? Like you're like, wow, we really are kind of maniacal about this. I mean, there's you don't we don't have enough time for me to go over. You know, we were we were working on. I remember my scout was Gardner Webb early, in the season, and we're figuring out ways to dig, or do we want to double the po- the way they were playing? And we were just, we, uh, Coach Massiello and I, till three in the morning, are watching five more games just to watch for little tidbits. I've mentioned before, like you know, we we just found that Draymond Green likes to cross over. If he takes two dribbles left, he's always going to cross back to his right. And there's one play we get a deflection on that because we just studied that. We made sure the players knew it. That was the biggest thing, and you've got to make sure that they get it, but that's that's the fun part. You get them in there. You have access to them, and, and Kevin the caller was talking about you know, when Coach Payne says, well, they didn't do it, but that you've you got to make them do it. And there's, there's, there's accountability. There's consequences. It's all that. But when you go through it and you, and you practice and you do all those things, they want to do it that way. They want to make sure that they're going to be as efficient as possible, and that's honoring the game. Like, you know, that to me is, that's, that's, that's the gospel, man. Like, that's what that's, I hear you and Bob talking about all the time. It's yep. like, it's not, it's, you're stealing from basketball mm-hmm. when you don't make these things happen. And that is the job. Mm-hmm. It's the job. And I'm more and more convinced that, uh, that, that Kenny thinks his job is to be the Louisville basketball teller. I tell him my responsibilities are done. What do you want from me? I told him. He, sh- you know, when you, when you took over a situation like that, he should embrace that, and instead of like ca- talking about how broken everything was, I mean that's that's a great situation to come in, especially in the way college basketball is now, and then you get your guys to to buy in to what you're doing, and that could have been a huge mon- monumental thing for him last year to to have them do that. It didn't happen. And this year, and you know, we, we knew what was after Arkansas State. It was just, you know, there was mayhem. Well, this year's team is. I'm beginning to really kind of coalesce around the idea that this year's team is more skilled, and is a fine example of what a more skilled team they're doing the easy part. Now, last year's team kind of didn't do anything, but like they're doing the easy part. It's not hard to motivate guys to play real hard on offense. Right? Yeah, I believe like yeah, right. You, right. That's and, not where you've got to start teaching them what's important. No. They like these guys part. have been doing it for for like you don't have to. You can almost you don't have to say say a word. You know, teach them conceptually what you want. Yeah. But it's the other end that that is everything, and that's what when everybody talks about them playing hard and there's improvement and those type of things. You know, it, it's it's tough for me to join that that argument or that discussion because for me. There's there's more lapses on that end than there were almost even last year. I just I see so many because you have freshmen, so right. you have a lot of freshmen playing minutes who come from wherever they were they were coming from. That that's the biggest thing when when they come in, it's a whole new world for them to understand how complicated and how intense college basketball defensively how how, how engaged you have to be on every single play. Because whether you're going to be blown by and someone's going to get by you, or you've got to be in, in off the ball and be able to help your your teammates and have the trust. And again, it goes back to I don't know if they're gap integrity or denying because some guys are. And if you have one guy doing something and the other four don't know, then then you have a real problem. Let's get uh, back to the phones here. We'll get Jeff in here next. Jeff, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into the drive. And I think about what's up. I tell you what, man, this stuff is infuriating me. Listening to you know comments that the head coach of the basketball team is making, i tell you what, I am going to seriously write a strongly worded email to the athletic director. I want my money back. If last year didn't matter and basically mailed it in, I paid money that I worked hard for to take a family of four to go watch a basketball game, you know, watch five games, whatever. I spent $2,000 of my hard-earned money to go watch basketball for a coach to come out and say that the year didn't matter. He stole my money. 
I get that the people with the concessions got to get paid. They can keep what I paid there. But if I'm going there to watch a basketball game and I think that one of our own is going to be out there leading the team and taking charge and caring enough about the program to make a difference, to come out on national TV and say that it didn't matter, last year didn't matter, why are you the coach at the University of Louisville? He should be fired for cause right now. He stole from all of us. That's hard-earned money. Hard-earned money. And the school has enough gall to send me stuff all the time asking me for more money. How am I going to donate money to a program where I know I've got a leader there for the basketball team that's not going to give a crap about it? They want me to care more about it than he does? He gets paid millions of dollars to do a bad job. If I don't do my job and I told my boss I basically just mailed it in, he'd tell me to turn my keys in tomorrow. You know, this is crazy. This is absolute ludicrous. And this is, if Kenny doesn't get fired, Josh Hurd deserves to get fired. Because you can't lead a program and put somebody in charge of developing young men that's basically going to say that he didn't care. It didn't matter. Those kids that came in here on scholarship that we pay for and we get all this stuff going on through our donations and stuff like that that aren't here anymore, I can't blame those kids for leaving because they had a coach that didn't care. What's going to happen this year? All these kids are going to leave because they got a coach that didn't care. This is year one. Try not to cuss, sorry. Yeah, please don't. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. He needs to be fired now. And as much stuff as I like about Josh and stuff like that, if he doesn't have the balls to get up and say, you know what, this is enough, it's done, he needs to be fired. It's the University of Louisville, and we're losing millions of dollars paying a coach not to care. He doesn't care. And like you guys said, Brady Brom is in the stands, and he shows more emotion than the entire basketball staff. He communicates with the fans more than the basketball staff does, too. I know. I mean, it's, 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 I feel like I've been robbed. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm serious because I thought for sure this guy's coming in here. He played here. He's going to care enough about the program. He's not hiring people on time. He's not doing things. He's got players that are out of shape. I mean, God bless anybody that knows anything about athletics. One thing you've got to do is have your players in shape. I don't care what sport it is. Run, do something, lift weights. You can't have fat, overweight guys out there trying to play and then being surprised they can't play or they can't keep up. This is ridiculous. That's all i got to say about that. I like when Jeff calls. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. He's going to land the dismount. And if it, that sounded like uh, a, an extra degree of uh, personal outrage, Jeff played football here. He knows. Uh, he played for first-year John L., and he knows what a guy coming into a tough situation and trying to turn things around quickly looks and sounds like. And he knows when he's not seeing it, too. And all of that is reflective. And I'm telling you, man, like, I'm not advocating for anything to happen to Josh. I don't. But I understand today mm-hmm. why people. I've thought it's kind of crazy that people are like, well, if he's not going to do anything about him, fire Josh. A lot. We've heard that a lot. Yep. And I've always thought chill out but when kenny put his name on that kenny basically said for me last year doesn't matter and he's he just said it to the whole world we all heard it we're not misinterpreting this this is not being taken out of context and and given everything we've seen and other things he said this year too he definitely believes that and that's not okay have they been good enough this year where you can even say that this like, isn't yeah, it's right? not like you said that and this is a super successful year one. right where okay someone can gloss over that but it's like it, it's it's hard to just fathom that part you know um and if nothing else look i i, I hope this isn't going off on a tangent but like you look at dan campbell like i think he's self-aware that i'm not he's not a great offensive coordinator defense like he gets the right people around him he's a leader of men He's yeah. a leader. His strengths are a certain right. set of and, things, and he's not a nerd. Right. right. Um, Laren so Hamilton. Laren Hamilton is is like that. Like yes. he he is. Coach K was like that. Yeah. He he lets his assistant like he yes. brings in the people to run it, and he oversees everything. And that's like he's the CEO, and he's a leader. And that's that's the part that I think is the main disconnect right now. And look, that that's why like for the first time I've thought like Josh is going to have to do something. Or say something because his basketball coach felt 
that it was okay after a 16-point loss to be like last year didn't even count. This like you, that is insane. I wouldn't let the, the, the field hockey coach say that. No offense to field hockey, they're better than basketball is right now. Like I wouldn't. There's not a, a coach. There's not a. I wouldn't let a a shift supervisor at whatever at mm-hmm. Coles say that. Ah, last year didn't matter. Get the hell out of here. You got paid like it mattered. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Darren, welcome in the drive, buddy. What's up? Black and red till I'm dead. I don't know that like that. I, I tell you, uh, after listening to you guys and uh, Kevin and Jeff there, I, I'm going to have to up my game and bring up a little emotion here. <laughs> it, uh, it, uh, get the funny part out of the way first. That uh, back on Kevin when he called that dog in the background sound, he sounded more ticked off uh, <laughs> than some of the Louisville fans. <laughs> Even the dogs are ticked off, Mark. My goodness. But, uh, yeah, Coach told a couple of my things I was going to say. I was going to talk about honor. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. I didn't mean to steal know, your thunder. No, you're good. You're good. It just reaffirmed, you know, my thinking. It just, it's, there's no honor. There's no integrity. There's no – I want my coach to be maniacal. Yes. Like you're talking about. Every little detail. I, I love hearing stories. Well, we was up to 4 o'clock trying to figure out uh, if we want to head the screen or if we're going to go around or are we going to double down or are we going to uh, back screen or we're going to run this out-of-bounds play or are we going to send two guys to the free throw line and one on the baseline. It was just every little detail. You don't hear nothing like that. And the, the, the thing with Kenny Payne with me is just the nonchalantness about everything. It's just everything's in the same old tone. And, guys, I've gotten this far – the second I hear Kenny Payne's voice, like they replay the coach's show the next day, I almost get sick. I'm even like, why are they even playing that? Nobody's listening to that. And I do mean nobody. Maybe Jerry Eden, Butch Beard, maybe, but that's about it. But uh, I, 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 I don't even recognize this kind of, this aura, this this. It's like a mystique. It's, it's like a, a disease or something. Like, you just can't get out of the mud or something. Can't even get out of their own way. I, it's, it, it's, it's almost indescribable to me, guys. But the way I look at Kenny Payne, it's almost like trying to change, put a new kitchen faucet on without turning the water valve off. Try doing that. That's what Kenny Payne reminds me of. <laughs> Sounds like something I would change. <laughs> yeah, it just can't be done. And, you know... I'm at the point now, I know a lot of people's on Josh Hurd pretty hard, but I'm like you. I think you need to leave him alone. I mean, it is getting towards the last third part of the season. But I agree, maybe send out some kind of statement, say something to assure the fan base that he's thinking about the direction of the program. But uh, but but anyway, it, it just – I keep thinking about that water faucet, that just Kenny Payne getting all wet and everything. I don't know. It just – it's it's just a total shipwreck, and I'm complete. I completely checked out after the Chattanooga game. I mean, I'm I haven't watched not one, maybe two minutes of Louisville basketball since the Chattanooga game because because I already know what's going to happen. There's not going to be any emotion. There's not going to be any play drawn up. And nothing. It's just oh well, I still don't matter. Uh, I love these guys. Uh, just I just. It's nothing personal, but as a basketball coach, I cannot even listen to him talk anymore. It's just sickening. But thanks for letting me rant. Love you guys. Black and red till I'm dead. Go Cards. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon, guys. Love you guys. Appreciate it, uh, Darren. Darren's been calling since the beginning of this show. It's nice to be loved. I, and he always says that, too, and we do appreciate that uh, about him. Uh, a lengthy text, but I'll read it because I think it's it's representative of uh, where a lot of people are. Why does everyone feel the need to hedge every comment with Kenny is a good guy, but I have no idea if he's a good person or not, but I can tell you the behavior he displays as a leader is not something I would want my kids to emulate or be coached by he blames everyone including the kids if the problem is they were broken what did you do to fix them you didn't make them better at basketball what's your primary responsibility so did you get them counseling did you improve their non-basketball job prospects or skills did you help them network if not 
if if not, uh, you only treated basketball last year like it didn't matter, but you treated the players and the fans like they didn't matter. That is 100% right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. He didn't have the nerve to tell us, hey, none of this matters ahead of time. Just want to let everybody know, I expect nothing. How long has that been in his head, right? How long has that been going on? And look, um, I don't think I'm going to get as passionate as, as you were before, but like for me, like that's that's such that's so exciting, like to build, and, and the teaching part, that's the fu- like that's it's it's great when when you can you build a team you you teach them you have they're seeing the game through your eyes you envision what they want what it's supposed to look like and again you can just Mark you can go out there offensively and just say hey high ball screen we ran power for Russ Smith power go make a play. Get stops, defend, teach, make sure they understand what they're doing. That, that's the, to me, if, I know everybody's frustrated with all the comments and stuff, but for me, it's just like watching what's happening from that standpoint. It's, 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 it's brutal for the, for the fan base as far as that's, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I can, I can imagine fans. It'd be one thing if, they, if that was like what every, like the, they told everybody. Mm-hmm. Like Tom Crean's first year at Indiana, right? When they were having like women's players at practice mm-hmm. to help just so they had enough guys and all that. Uh, everyone knew exactly what that was. And it's like, whatever we do is gratitude. Like it literally, we're just, we're glad to be here. But everyone knew that and they supported that. And he didn't try to gaslight them into trying to pretend like it was something other than what it was. And he never told them it didn't matter. Or that it was somebody else's fault. Right. And if there's anything that that, that texter brings up that bothers me uh, at, at a fundamental level, it's the constant blame shifting. It is always someone else's fault. It's always someone else's problem. It's always the result of the, the cloud. Sanctions. These kids are hurt. It was broken. It this, this I'm tired of it. All right. We'll take a quick break here. we got to talk with Fat Jack because we didn't do it at 430. We'll do that on the other side here. On the drive and I tend the bill. Be right back. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. 